everyone, welcome to episode 50 of the Ubuntu Security Podcast. I'm Alex Murray. So the big news of the past week is the recent release of Ubuntu 19.10 Eon Ermine. This is the uh, new standard support release, uh, supported for nine months. And so Joe and I will have a chat about that a bit later in the podcast. But first, we'll go over the usual roundup of updates and vulnerabilities from the past week. So let's just dive into that. So last week, I talked about uh, up some updates for SDL, uh, the multimedia sort of gaming framework, and uh, we've covered updates for the standard releases for that. And so this week, uh, we published updates for uh, SDL back in um, precise extended security maintenance and for trusty extended security maintenance. So 11 different CVEs that we fixed for that there. Uh, and yes, if you want more details, uh, check out uh, the last two episodes, episodes 48 and 49 for that. Uh, we've got an update for UW IMAP, uh, otherwise known as the University of Washington IMAP Toolkit. And uh, this is kind of important because it's used by PHP for its IMAP implementation. And so there was a CVE here that we addressed for Xenu, uh, Bionic, and Disco. Uh, in particular, uh, UW IMAP would use uh, RShell to implement various operations. So it would you know, set up a remote shell and uh, try to execute commands uh, when it was trying to do various IMAP operations. Uh, but it wouldn't try to sanitize uh, the provided hostname or mailbox that you had given it. And uh, so this is important in the context of PHP because uh, it would pass in you know, these, these parameters. And so if you had, say, a web form that you allowed someone to specify uh, the host name or whatever, they could put in arbitrary commands and that would get executed by Arshiel on the, uh, on the other host. So yeah, not great, that one. Um, and so the, this was fixed really actually by turning off uh, the Arshiel-based functionality in, uh, in PHP, but also in uh, you know, UWI map, removing that there as well. And for the case of PHP, you can actually turn it back on. You can set imap.enable insecure rshell if you really want in your configuration, but yeah, I wouldn't advise against that. All right, um, up next is libtiff. So two CVEs that we updated for in Xenial, Bionic, and Disco. Uh, there was an integer overflow in libtiff that would lead to a heap-based buffer overflow. And so that would then you know, likely give you a crash. But uh, you could possibly get code execution if you could you know, corrupt the heap in the right way when you have your heap buffer overflow. So yeah, not a great one. Uh, if you're handling untrusted TIFF images, as I say, that's been fixed. Uh, plus there was a couple other low priority uh, CVEs that we fixed there as well. Uh, these were both uh, integer overflows uh, that occurred due to some undefined behavior that they had. Well, so they were using C constructs that were actually undefined behavior, should I say. Uh, to try to check uh, for overflow when multiplying various elements. But uh, as I say, it was relying on undefined behavior to execute properly and so various compilers will actually uh, optimize that out. So you would therefore lose your integer overflow checks. So this was re-implemented in a safer way. So we've included that as well. Uh, so uh, as I mentioned at the start, uh, EONOMINE is now available and so the security team have started publishing updates for that as well. So we've got a few here. Uh, the first one was actually for ACEBEL. So back in episode 49, I covered an update for ACEBEL and so we've now published uh, the corresponding update for the EON1910 release as well. Uh, we also updated EXIV2, one CVE here for Xenial, Bionic, Disco and EON. Uh, this was an out-of-bounds read that could result uh, in a crash and denial of service. So uh, that's been fixed for EXIV2. LibXSLT, this is the uh, XML transformation library uh, used mainly in GNOME applications, provided as part of the GNOME project. Three CVEs that were found uh, and they were fixed for all of the supported releases, which is our extended security maintenance releases, uh, Xenial, Bionic, Disco and Dion. 
these were all found by OSS Fuzz, the Google project that uh, does has a huge cluster of machines that are continuously fuzzing various open source projects. And uh, it found a possible heat buffer overflow uh, as a result of a dangling pointer. So basically, you know, libxslt would be processing your XML document. It would, uh, in various conditions, leave a pointer uh, set to pointing to an uh, area of memory that had actually just been freed. And so then later on, uh, that pointer would go and get reused and it could then have actually been reallocated. So it could actually be pointing to a valid memory region, but of a different size now. And so... Uh, you would then get you know, memory copies onto the heap that were, say, larger or smaller than they should be. And if it's larger, you're going to get heap corruption. So, yeah, the fix of this was simple. It's just to reset it back to null when uh, that processing was done. And, yeah, there were two low-priority issues as well. Both of these were uh, information disclosure related to uh, reading of too much stack memory. So that's all been fixed for libxslt. Up next, we have updates for the kernel. So I'm going to start with the disco kernel. Uh, this is kernel version 5.0, and this is also used for uh, the Bionic hardware enablement kernel. If you're running the hardware enablement stack on uh, Ubuntu 18.04 Bionic Beaver. Uh, so nine different CVEs that we addressed there. I'm only going to cover uh, the higher priority ones because we've got a lot to get through. Uh, so the first up, there was an integer overflow that could lead to a buffer overflow in the binder subsystem. So binder is actually used on Android as like an IPC mechanism, and it's kind of capability based. Uh, but anyway, uh, you, you know, you communicate using handles and that kind of thing, uh, message passing. Uh, but the, uh, there was, as I say, this integer overflow in the way it worked, and you could possibly leverage that as a root privilege escalation if you could overwrite the right bits of memory to you know set your ID to zero, basically. So yeah, that's been fixed. Uh, there was also a fix for a reintroduction of a Spectre version one vulnerability. So uh, within the Ptrace subsystem, there'd been identified you know a speculative load uh, that was present, and so that had been tried to be hardened using uh, the speculative array uh, indexing macro that makes sure that there are uh, speculative execution or memory barriers around that appropriate to make sure that the loads get serialized and that you can't then speculate or can't use you know a speculative value for some further computation uh, so this got uh, put into the stable kernel uh, sorry put into the mainline kernel and then it got backported to the stable kernel uh, they made an error and they reordered two lines and so what happened was the first line is where it loads the value and the second uh, and with the memory barrier and the second one's where it uses it and if you get those out of order you use it before you go and load it with your memory barriers so that you your memory barriers do nothing because you've already used the speculative value so yeah not a great one um, that was actually a pretty good write-up of that was uh, by Brad Spengler uh, from the GR Security uh, and I've got a link to that in the show notes so if you want to know more details on that I suggest you go and read that uh, yeah quite a detailed write-up of kind of how that happened and uh, yeah the basic the process of that uh, there was also a fix for a possible kernel crash if your users have write access to the dev kvm device uh, on Ubuntu that is not uh, allowed by default but if you've set things up that way for you know various applications or whatever uh, you know you may have been affected but that's now been fixed uh, there was also a couple different heap-based buffer overflows in the Marvel Wi-Fi driver. Uh, these could be uh, triggered via a setting of various parameters within the driver or within the device. So the kind of thing a local user can do. And so you could have a local user uh, cause a crash or possible uh, code execution as a result. So yeah, they have all been fixed for the disco kernel. We also updated the uh, EON kernel. So yeah, as I say, EON got released last week and straight away we released a kernel update for it. And this actually got picked up uh, by Pharonix and a few other uh, new sites. Uh, Joe and I will discuss this actually a bit later in the podcast, so I will leave the details of that uh, till then. So moving on, we also had an update for uh, the kernel in 
uh, Bionic, and this is also the hardware enablement kernel for Xenial. And the same version, this is 4.15, is also used for uh, trusty extended security maintenance on Azure. So 10 different CVEs that we fixed for all of those for the 4.15 kernel. Uh, most of these I've covered previously, but uh, some unique ones was a, uh, a heat-based uh, buffer overread in uh, the SMB, uh, so um, Windows Share uh, subsystem. If you were trying to mount a share that had a version, or if you were trying to mount it with a version set as 3.0 uh, for your SMB protocol, but the share itself was using 2.10, uh, it would get confused and it would assume it was using structures that were for 3.0, but it was actually for 2.10. And so you would read too much memory and you would end up with an information disclosure as a result. Uh, there was also a use after free in the RSI 91X Wi Fi driver. Uh, so this was able to be triggered by a remote network peer. So if you've got someone in radio range and you're using that driver, uh, they could trigger a crash or maybe a possible remote code execution, but that has now been fixed if you've updated your kernel. Uh, and so I'd say with, there was also a bunch of other fixes that I've previously talked about rolled into here. So that was uh, the Ptrace uh, Spectre V1 thing that I just mentioned, uh, the crash from DevKVM, uh, the Marvel Wi-Fi drivers as well. Plus, uh, back in episode 48, I talked about some USB audio issues. Uh, and so these have now been fixed as well. So just a couple more to get through. We updated the Xenial uh, kernel, which is version 4.0, and that's also used as the trusty uh, extended security maintenance hardware enablement kernel. And again, 10 different CVEs that we addressed there. Uh, all of these I've basically talked about. So again, the Spectre V1 stuff, uh, USB audio, KVM crash, uh, the Marvel Wi-Fi driver, the RSI 91X Wi-Fi driver, plus there was also an issue in serial attached SCSI implementation. So this would uh, mishandle various error conditions and could lead to a deadlock. So as a local user, you may be able to possibly trigger this. And so if you're gonna deadlock the kernel, you will create a nice denial of service for the machine. But that's been fixed. And finally, we released a live patch. So this live patch covers the Bionic kernel uh, as well as the Xenial kernel. Uh, so versions 4.15 and 4.4. 22 CVEs were covered by this live patch. So this rolls in a heap of the stuff I've just previously talked about in the standard kernel updates, plus um, a couple high priority issues that I talked about in other episodes. So back in episode 47, I talked about uh, this vhost net issue. So this could be uh, essentially a guest VM could trigger a um, you know, code execution on the host machine as root. So not a great one. As I say, that's been fixed as a live patch. So you don't even have to reboot to get that one. Plus uh, they rolled in the SAC panic fixes as well, which I mentioned back in episode 37 too. So if you want to have some more details on that, I uh, suggest you go dig back through the archives and have a listen. And that is everything for this week in security updates. Next up, Joe and I are going to have a chat about uh, the recent release of Ubuntu 19.10 Eon Ermine, but with this uh, vulnerability that happened to be in the kernel at release time. Hey, Joe, how's things this week? Alex, things are awesome. I had a great weekend. Got out in some canyons in the desert, got a little rock climbing. How about yourself? Awesome. Yeah, uh, had a good weekend as well. Yeah. So um, the big news at this week is that uh, Ubuntu 19.10 Eon Ermine has been released. And as the security team, we're now officially supporting it. Yeah. And, and our, this is a non-LTS release. So for folks who aren't familiar with our nomenclature, um, an LTS is a long-term support release, which gets five years of standard support um, from, uh, from the security team. And then after those five years, you know, and our, some of our new ones are going to get up to five additional years, so a total of 10 years of support under our extended security model. 
But these interim releases do not get that. They live for about nine months and then they're end of life. And so um, we do treat these a little bit different than our LTSs. These are sort of a development release. I mean, they're fully baked, ready to be used uh, releases, but we try things out and make sure they work before they land in an LTS. So that's sort of what we do with our non-LTS releases. So a lot of people use the non-LTSs on their development stations, knowing that 2004 will have a bunch of these 1910 features. Um, people might use them in, uh, in containers or in their development environment. We don't, however, see a lot of them used in, um, in servers because you have to build them, unless, except for those environments that are fast moving and doing continual deployments. Yeah, and so yeah, as say a um, a case in point, uh, I don't know if anyone listening to this is publishes their own snaps in the Snap Store, but for your snaps, you can get uh, metrics as a publisher as to how many installs it has, and it can be broken down into things like. Um, which OS it's on. And so, you know, you can then know that say a lot of your users are on Ubuntu 18.04's long-term support release, or maybe that you've got a bunch of users say using Debian 9. Uh, so I'm looking at the metrics for, I publish uh, Snap Remacs, and I can kind of tell you as a guesstimate that uh, there are probably three times as many users using uh, the 18.04 long-term support release as there are using um, say a combined, uh, the, the shorter term releases. So that is the, the current two ones for that at the moment are Disco Dingo, the 1904 release, and now the new 1910 Eono Mime. And that's just a, you know, a single snap, but that kind of gives a rough guide that, you know, maybe for things in general in Ubuntu, you know, there's probably at least as, as least as much as three times as many users and probably maybe more like 10 times as many users of the long-term support releases as there are of the non, non-long-term support releases. Standard, non-LTS is what we say, but yeah. only we say that. Yeah, um, I don't know. I don't know what to call it. Yeah. Although, since you did say uh, uh, Disco Dingo, um, reminded me that if um, you haven't checked out this community member, um, I believe her name is Sylvia Ritter, um, who makes uh, illustrations of our of our distribution. So, if you go to um, Twitter, look up, I believe it's Sylvia Ritter. She'll have awesome um, illustrations of the Disco Dingo of the Cosmic Cuttlefish. So you should check those yep. out. They're, they make great wallpaper if you needed them for your to replace the the one that already comes with your with your OS. Um, yep. So um, now we did have a vulnerability discovered for the Eon kernel on the day it was uh, released, um, and that happens. You know, with as many packages as we have, we'll always have some vulnerability, and we'll have to update them. In fact, if you run an app. Right now, you'd probably see a, a number of updates because that's what the security team does. I think I looked and we published two point, we addressed 2.5 CVEs per day for, um, for the uh, 1904 to 1910 uh, time period. So there's always going to be updates. But there was a kernel one um, that was an issue with how um, user namespace security was handled. Um, and somebody in the community reported to us. And uh, what they had discovered was you could use, um, I believe they were using the unshare command um, with uh, user namespace and network namespace and a bunch of nested commands to cause memory corruption. Um, And so it could potentially cause uh, memory corruption in your box to um, become unresponsive and have to need a reboot. So, yeah, this was in, I think, the RPv6 networking parts of the uh, the 
an IPv6 networking uh, stack and there was a, a double free uh, of some memory that could be triggered so you could therefore corrupt you know the heap in the kernel and uh, but to do that you needed to be root uh, and so in general you know an unprivileged user can't do that except on Ubuntu we enable uh, unprivileged user namespaces so you could as you said Joe you could use the uncheck to command to create a new user namespace uh, where you are root within that user namespace and you know, run the appropriate commands. In this case, they set up um, yeah a bunch of different uh, dummy links and, and routes, and then they do a ping flood across that to be able to trigger it. Um, but yeah, either way. So, you know, as, and as you said, Joe, these things do happen. Um, you know, this was uh, something you know, that, yes, we, we can be aware of um, before the fact, but uh, there is a, a release date that has to be met and you know, only a certain number of things can make it in before the release. So yeah, this one uh, has already been updated. You know, so if you are running an up-to-date your own box, you are patched against this, you don't have anything to worry about. Uh, and as you said, it can only be triggered by a, a local user. It's not something that can be triggered remotely that we're aware of. So yeah, not a, a, um, a super high priority issue, but it did get featured in the press. Um, and you know it's still important to us that these things are fixed obviously that's why we you know the kernel team spun up an emergency kernel release over the weekend you know just after the release went out to be able to address it so yeah, yeah thanks very much to our kernel team for that yeah thanks to the kernel team and thanks to the um, community members who reported it to us you know without the community members we'd have a hard time finding all these bugs and making sure we've got them fixed but you know if you didn't want um, to have namespaces, uh, user namespaces enabled. You can actually disable that with a sysctl command. So I think it's sysctl-w user max underscore user namespaces equals zero. And that will disable user namespaces in your, um, in your Ubuntu box. So it could just turn that off for all functionality. Although you probably shouldn't because you'll lose things like, um, you wouldn't lose ping, that's set UID. Um, yeah. You lose some functionality, which I can't think of off the top of my yeah. head. If you're using, so if you're using Flatpak, um, the Flatpak stuff uses username spaces for its sandboxing. So you would use, lose that. Uh, snaps don't. Uh, we use mount namespaces and a bunch of other things to accomplish uh, equivalent things. So, yeah. Actually, didn't this, the proof of concept that they, that they shared, use user namespace and network namespace at the same time, didn't they? I think they I used think they dash did, yeah. R-U-N. Yes. Like, yeah. 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 Um, yep. But that's a, it's, it's an interesting exploit. And um, there is the chance that if you were to properly, I don't know, figure out an attack, you could maybe get a command to run, but we weren't able to have that happen. And so since it's already been fixed and you should be updated, that's not even, I don't know, probably something people are spending any time on. Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting thing, isn't it, in the security world where... Um, Every day there's a new fire to put out, essentially, mm -hmm. right? You know, there's some new thing that is, oh, the world's on fire. You know, everyone has to you know, drop tools. This thing is really important. We have to address it. But as soon as it's addressed, obviously, you know, it's not a problem anymore. And so, yeah. um, and it makes clearly for good, um, for good media, you know, for good clickbait stuff. If you've got, oh, there's a new fire or, you know, <laughs> you know this new zero day or whatever it is. But, um, you know, we are very good at addressing vulnerabilities very quickly in the Ubuntu security team, I feel. So, um, yeah. Yeah, that's true. I think there, there are some things that tend to be very headline attracting like Spectre and Meltdown, but how many yeah. exploits of Spectre and Meltdown have you seen in the wild? Yeah, it's, well, we, we haven't seen any. And uh, I guess it's a hard one um, in that, uh, 
you know, the idea of those is you're able to, you know, snoop on another process and, you know, capture things from it. So it's, uh, and to detect that um, is not necessarily easy. Although actually I think the guys from Capture Late, they developed some stuff using, um, like you're looking for a high number of like page faults and things like that mm-hmm. to be able to detect, um, you know, specter attacks. So it, it might be possible, but yes, I don't believe they had actually seen anything in the wild, even though they were able to detect develop a bunch of tooling to try to detect them so yeah it is interesting that a lot of effort goes into um sometimes to fixing vulnerabilities that are quite theoretical and other times you know other other real vulnerabilities don't get seen for a long time and go unpatched for a long time and maybe go exploited for a long time and we we're unaware of it so it's you know you're no one unknowns or unknown unknowns what was it is that rumsfeld i forget anyway it was the um no one unknown and unknown unknowns um, and, and anyhow, speaking of that, how do you stay on top of security news? What are the sites or the blogs you, you frequent? Um, I pay a, a lot of attention to a bunch of different people on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, let me think. I don't know. Uh, now that, you know, kind of being more on the inside of Ubuntu and security team, you know, a lot of our CVE triage, I see a lot of stuff through that mm-hmm. as well. You know, actually just see the CVEs coming in as we get them. Um, but actually mainly Twitter yeah it seems to be uh, where I get a lot of stuff from you know I used to back in the days of Google Reader I had a heap of RSS feeds that I would follow mm-hmm. but without a good tool to follow RSS feeds anymore um, I've stopped doing that and Twitter's kind of become my central point for you know random monitoring of mm-hmm. things and hearing about things I know when Google Reader was end of life I was heartbroken I use Feedly now but I follow okay. um, the Hacker News and Threat Post. Yep. I think those are two really good sources. And then I've, uh, is it the VRT team from Snort, the vulnerability research team? They have a pretty good, pretty technical um, feed that you can follow. And, um, and Cisco Talos has a pretty good end of week summary as well. So I kind of look at there's the, there's yep. the ones I pay most attention to. And then like you, I find out about vulnerabilities on Twitter pretty darn quickly too. So yeah. that's, that's kind of great. Um, well, everybody... Thank you again for listening to our podcast this week. Um, we got some great emails last week with questions. Um, I think we replied to all of them so far. Um, yeah. but, but keep it up and let us know if you have things you want us to cover. Or, you know, in a couple of weeks, we'll start planning features for 2004. And it'd be cool to hear if there's something you've been looking for. Yeah, so uh, there's already a thread on our uh, discourse, uh, discourse.ubuntu.com, the security section there. So if anyone wants to jump on board and chime in with your thoughts for security features or otherwise, yeah, please do. Yep. Till next week, everybody. Thanks. So thanks again, Joe. All right, uh, so that takes us to the end of this week's episode. As usual, if you want to get in contact with us, you can reach the team at security at ubuntu.com. And actually, just want to say thanks uh, to a few of our listeners who have done that recently and given uh, some excellent feedback. Uh, yeah, I urge anyone, if you've got anything you want to talk to us about, yeah, you can, as I say, reach us at securityubuntu.com. You can find the team hanging out in the Ubuntu Harden channel on the Freenode IRC.net if you want to talk to us there. Uh, you can also have a more public discussion on the Ubuntu Harden mailing list, or if you like more uh, Web 2.0 type stuff, you can see uh, the security section on discourse.ubuntu.com. And finally, if you like Twitter as much as I do, you can contact us at Ubuntu underscore sec. Okay, so thanks again, everyone, for listening again for another week. Uh, remember, until next time, keep calm and enable automated upgrades, and I will speak to you again soon. Bye. Bye.